The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, the lawyers and Pharisees were watching him closely. When Jesus noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor. In case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host, and the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus said also to the Pharisee who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or sisters or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. After a 20-year study at Cornell University, the results came in just a couple years ago. Us in our own day and age, we're less likely to collect things like years ago. I guess in general society in North America, we collect less things like baseball and hockey cards than we used to, or little objects or trinkets that we'd put around the house. I remember my younger sister collected clowns growing up. Used to scare me at night walking in and seeing all those kind of faces there, working things through, don't worry. And uh, yet now what they say is that probably because of social media and technology, we're more prone to collect experiences than things or objects which may not be a bad thing, and I think there's a lot for us to consider, especially connecting that to our faith, but especially young people, but I think of all ages now, we're more prone to collect experiences, that great restaurant we visit, the vacation, or the gathering or reunion we had, and we'll take a little video, we'll take a picture and post it and share it with family and friends or the rest of the world how we wish. I find it fascinating because I think that's always something in our human hearts, a desire to collect. It's not that we just stopped collecting altogether. We just collected a different kind of thing, experiences, which are good. And I think it's something that perhaps the people in the parable that Jesus shared were looking for as well, to experience table fellowship with Jesus at a place of honor in the house of a Pharisee. If they had a Facebook back then, that's what would have gone on their timeline for sure right after that. Could you imagine? What an honor. But Jesus is always flipping us over in our desire to draw things to ourselves and collect things to ourselves, and saying, there is another way. What would pure love and pure giving look like without expecting anything in return, without expecting that like on the picture or the video, without expecting kind of that sense of satisfaction of another great experience out or another thing we collect? When we catch glimpses of that kind of giving, that kind of self-giving love, 
we catch a glimpse as well into the heart of Jesus, of what he's all about. And that's the point of the parable today in the gospel, not so much about table etiquette, but about reminding ourselves that it was Jesus who identified himself with the poor, with the sinners, and with those in need, as we hear in Matthew chapter 25, right? When was it that we saw you, Lord, sick, hungry, naked, or in prison, and did not visit you? When you did it to one of these least brothers and sisters of mine, you did it unto me, says the Lord. So Jesus reminds us of the importance of practicing humility always. This is a theme in the Gospels that come up throughout the year several times. And humility, as I've probably shared many times with you, is not thinking less about ourselves. We need self-esteem, we need self-worth and dignity and understanding of our gifts and talents. It simply means thinking of ourselves less and drawing everything into our center of attention into making us the center of the world. And that is becoming more Christ-like when we're able to reverse that direction and focus on him and on others. And in this kind of giving, what happens is that we're blessed even more than we could imagine. We receive more than we could ever collect or take in of things or experiences. This is the great mystery of this beatitude, this extra beatitude that Jesus throws into the gospel today. Blessed will you be if you throw this banquet or dinner and you invite people who cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This self-giving love has its blessing in and of itself without receiving anything in reward in this life. But humility is always hard to practice. It's tough. It's difficult because we're always in that battle, right, of seeking the Lord's will and doing what is good for our neighbor. And so a way to practice this was taught to the old desert fathers, these monks who went out into the desert in the first centuries of Christianity, fleeing the large cities and seeking to go back to the roots of the gospel message of Jesus. They give an interesting way to practice humility and to grow in that detachment from drawing things to ourselves at all times. These stories always go the kind of the same way. There's an old monk and a young monk and the young monk is struggling, and he goes to the old monk out in the desert for advice and wisdom. So there's a young monk wanting to grow in humility, maybe after reading today's gospel. And he goes to the old monk Macarius, who's in the Egyptian desert. I can picture Macarius with his long beard there, you know, just kind of being out there in the desert, a wisdom figure from years of fasting and prayer and of the sacraments. And he says, Abbot Macarius, give me a word that I might grow in humility. And Abbot Macarius says to the young monk, go to our cemetery in the desert where all the monks are buried, and I want you to go to each tomb of every monk and praise that monk, celebrate his talents and gifts, give God thanks for that monk in your community. And so he went into the cemetery, and at each grave he would praise that monk, Brother John, Brother Michael, Brother Andrew, would sing their praises and compliment them, and express the gratefulness for their gifts and talents. Well, the young monk went back to Abbot Macarius, and Abbot Macarius said to him, well, what did they say in response? <laughs> the young monk said, nothing. They didn't say anything in response. They had no reaction whatsoever. They're dead. He said, well, the next day, I want you to go back to the cemetery and go back to every grave once again, and I want you to insult that monk that you knew. You know, we all have our faults and failures and problems and sins and ways that we annoyed one another in the monastery and in the desert. So I want you to go to each one and complain to them, insult them, say what they did wrong to you, let it all out. 
So the young monk went and did that in the cemetery, grave by grave, and vented his frustrations with Brother John, who always took the last dessert, and Brother Michael, who never let him have his last word in a conversation or whatnot. And he went back to Abbot Macarius, and Abbot Macarius said to the young monk, well, what did they tell you in response? Nothing, he says. They didn't say a thing in response or react in any way. And he said to the young monk, well, my son, if you want to grow in humility, do the same. Respond in the same way. If you receive praise and accolades and compliments, respond with praise and accolades and gratitude. If you receive insults or persecutions or hatred of some kind, don't let it bother you. Keep on going. Praise God anyway. Keep it all going. Well, if I see any of you in the St. Anne Cemetery this week, I'll know what you're up to there along the way anyway, if you're going row by row. <laughs> you don't have to do that. But it's a reminder of us necessarily of how humility can be practiced. By that simple fact, if I'm following the Lord, whatever may come, it cannot take me away from that relationship and our desire for self-gift. We have a great way now coming up in the next few weeks as we begin our great welcome weekend in September in our family of parishes, welcoming people back to Mass and to the new school year and everything. That will also have different ways beginning this weekend and over the next few weeks for us to give in a way without necessarily receiving back. Throughout our parish life, we have great ministries like the greeters, ushers, altar servers, people to help with our cafe now after masses on the weekend, and other ministries that'll be offered and inviting us to respond in any way we can to just help out a little bit. It's a way that we give without expecting anything in return, but we're blessed in doing so because we build a community of faith we help people get to know one another and build friendships based on our faith as well, and also make them feel welcome and a time for prayer and to encounter Christ here in the sacraments. So I invite us to pray and consider what opportunities the Lord may be calling us to, to give in that way that the Christ shows to us in our gospel today, knowing that he will repay us always in the resurrection of the righteous for all of the little good deeds, as simple as they may be, go a long way. In conclusion, a great prayer we can pray, instead of going row by row in the cemetery for practicing humility, is the prayer of the Magnificat. Our Catholic tradition invites us to pray this prayer every evening, either in the evening hours or before going to bed. It's Mary's prayer after visiting her cousin Elizabeth. And it's a prayer showing us the power of humility, the power of this complete self-giving love without ever expecting anything in return. This prayer in the past 40 years at certain times was actually banned in a few countries. You couldn't publicize it and you couldn't pray it in public. And yet it's Mary's prayer. The little woman from Nazareth, remember? Like talk about the power of prayer because it would overthrow corrupt governments. It would get people acknowledging their own self-worth but also reaching out to others in a way that would overthrow some people in power. And so it was banned at times in Guatemala, Argentina, parts of India. And so I'd like to close by praying this prayer and allow its power to sink into our hearts as well. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. 
He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Amen. <laughs> 